<laughs> this is going to sound like a really, really, really yeah. ignorant question, but raise your hand if you have been on Kingdom of the Nights. I know where you are. Okay, so I feel really bad that I have yet to watch the show. <laughs> I've watched, like, like I... But if it makes you feel better, I, I know I would probably love King of the Nerds because I really like shows like that. And I hate watched uh, Heroes of Cosplay. So going on that, I hate watched Heroes of Cosplay. There's a difference. <laughs> but I really want to like like watch King of the Nerds. There's a difference between like watching. Ooh, look at you, Pimpinata. Like a pimp. <laughs> You're like licking my pimp crown. All hail the king. Watch my show. <laughs> For trouble, make it double. We're gonna fly over polar bears and see them and look at them and be with the polar bears. Yes. Oh. No, we're not. Yes, we are. No, still. we're not. Everyone wants some magical solution for their problem, and everyone refuses to believe in magic. Two True Freaks presents Hope of All Trades, hosted by Hope Molnax, talking like a man and fangirling like a lady since 2010. Okay, dude, better get ready, because here comes the thunder! Hi, everyone. Welcome to a brand new episode of Hope of All Trades. My name is Hope Mullinax, and I'm going to apologize if there's any background noise on this episode. The weather has been absolutely beautiful in Georgia, so I have like all my windows open and the wind is blowing and the leaves are rustling, so if you hear some background noise, just enjoy the fall ambiance. it'd be great. So today, um, I'm going to be ta uh, presenting to you guys the other panel I was on at DragonCon. It was the Reality TV and Nerd Culture panel. I was really excited to do this one because, uh, you know, I do my normal shows like Once and Anything Marvel and all those kind of podcasts, but what you might not know about me is I love reality TV. I am, a, especially like competition shows, like I'm a sucker for shows like Face Off and Project Runway and Top Chef. Like I've seen every season of Face Off, every season of Project Runway, every season of Top Chef. I absolutely love shows like that. And so I, I also, you know, reality TV is a really interesting topic to me. There's a lot of facets to it. And we were focusing in this panel on nerd reality TV shows. So I, I, I was really excited to be on it and very honored to be asked to be on it. And so the thing about this panel was, and you heard it in my cold opening, is I got to the panel room and I was sitting down and I was just chatting with my other panelists and... We were just having a good time. We were just chatting idly with the audience and having fun. And this group walks in. And one of them, I was looking at him. It was, you know, it's Dragon Con. So I'm not, like, I'm pretty used to seeing some strange things at Dragon Con. It's, it's no biggie. But she was wearing a crown. And she had a sash on. And, I, and then she, they were kind of sitting a little bit further in the back, this group. And I was looking at her. And across her sash, it says, King of the Nerds. And I was looking at her, and I look at my other panelists, and I'm like, hey, have you seen King of the Nerds? And she was like, yeah, yeah, that's them. And I was like, what? What do you mean that's the cast of King of the Nerds on our panel? And I, I as you heard in the cold opening, I was scared. I never, they, they that intimidated me. I don't, I don't get intimidated or scared a lot, but that, I was about to be talking about reality TV, with a bunch of reality TV people in the, in the room. And they were great. They were absolutely wonderful. I actually, I actually really loved that they were there with us because they were able to give great insight like on the audition process, what it was like to be on a reality TV show, um, how they felt um, about certain aspects. Like if the, the show put them in a box, like you have to be the J Japan nerd, you have to be the rocket scientist, you have to be the Star Trek. They talked about that. And they gave a lot of great insight. Um, on reality television and participating in a show. So I was so happy to have them there. They were really great. They were totally awesome and amazing people. And I just, I, it was a really fun panel and I had a really great time doing it. I, I hope I get to get welcome back next year because it was, it was definitely one of, probably one of my favorite panels I've ever been on and I've been doing panels for years. So yes, uh, thank you so much. I'm going to go ahead and jump right into this. So please enjoy the 2014 Reality TV and Nerd Culture Panel. 
Welcome to the uh, Reality TV Nerd Culture Panel. I'm really excited about this one, actually. Uh, I'm probably super excited. So do you we just want to go down the line and... Uh, how did I start hosting? Okay, I'm just wondering that. Okay. What happens? Let's get down the line and introduce ourselves. Um, hi, my name is Jesse Friedman. Um, I got my master's in education and was doing a lot of work with... Uh, using popular culture for education and that's kind of how I delved into the dark world of like studying reality TV and like what you know the impact of it and all that stuff is um which actually and I also taught it in Germany which like teaching German children about American television is hilarious and, <laughs> and you can all try it um and, and that's why I'm on this panel. Hello, my name is Sue, and I podcast with the Anomaly Podcast. I also occasionally write for the Geek Girl Network, and I think that's mostly why I'm here. I watch a lot of television, like <laughs> like a lot of television. Like I have a separate Google calendar for all of my television. <laughs> <laughs> Hi guys, uh, my name is Hope Molinax. I am a freelance writer and a podcaster. Uh, my personal show is called Hope of All Trades. I pretty much talk about whatever I want from Marvel movies to comics to anime and I actually just launched my website three whole whopping days ago so I'm really excited about that and it's going to be blogging about um, whatever I want <laughs> and it's geekygirlexperience.com and I'm going to be a contributing writer to What the Fangirl so I'm excited about that that launches later this month and I'm Kelly Harkins I'm actually the director of this track and um, I was you know, I've, this has definitely been something that I was like, look at all these geek shows that are like going out. So, and they are, range from awesome to horrible. <laughs> so I was like, it really seemed like I really wanted to do a panel on this. So um, I also I write for goodtobeageek.com, um, and I also do some education and transmedia stuff. So, you know, but that's my stuff. Uh, I get a mic on this Yes. Um, <laughs> my name is uh, Trisha Ennis, and I am the uh, editor of allgeek where we write about anything and everything, um, and that's pretty much it. I also watch a lot of TV. There's a lot of TV. A lot of TV. I think we're all qualified. So do you guys want to start with, like, uh, our exposure to reality TV and, like, why we like it, or do you just want to jump into talking to them? Well, let's start off with what we're also considering reality TV. That's a really good place to launch. So, so. Yeah. Is anybody else intimidated by, like, all of the cast of, <laughs> <laughs> of King of the Nerds well, in the background? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, we already established that I hadn't seen the show yet, so I didn't know. <laughs> so it's okay. Um, so, what we consider reality TV? Yes. Because I brought. You know, I mean, we've had I've geek reality TV for a while now, right? So, what what do you think does qualify as geek reality TV as opposed to not? Um. Well, I mean, I think reality TV. I mean, you, you obviously can't define it as this is real all the time because it's it's not necessarily, especially in, in the geek world, just following people around and making that commitment about their lives. So I think anytime people aren't playing a fictitious character necessarily, although the audience is always in the dark, I have always fabricated. That's that's my. Because we have a perfect example of against that right now. Okay. The quest. Oh, oh but the, forgot but the contestants are not playing characters. They're everyone around them. Though. Yeah, but that's like another. Way I know that's like it's kind of it's larping. Yeah, which yeah. 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 that was my point. <laughs> unscripted, except that's scripted to a certain degree. To a certain degree, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's I mean, like no a choose-your-own-adventure book. It is. I totally agree. And that's why I said I wanted to bring in that chat. So I don't know. Reality TV is a funny little beast because it's such a wide, huge genre. Like, even just with, like, competition shows, there's, like, sub-genres. And there's a huge difference between something like Face Off and, like, Top Chef. And so, I mean, it's... it's How? Those are the reality competition shows where yeah. they make something. Well, they're incredibly similar. <laughs> they're similar, but at the same time, it, I, to me, it's all about like presentation and whether it's it's kind of nerdy or not. Because if we look at a show like Face Off, it's completely normal for them to be like, okay, it's a Star Wars challenge, let's do this. 
But if you look at something like Top Chef, I remember this character, uh, this contestant named Chris. And, and ever, whenever he talked about um, like things he liked about Star Trek, they would play like the funny music in the background, like the let's make fun of Chris because he's talking about Star Trek music. So uh, to me, a lot of it is all about depiction and whether or not it's helping or hurting us in the long run. Well, I actually think one of the best things about nerdy reality TV, like King of the Nerds, is that usually on most shows, they're looking for someone to be in the, you know, nerd role mm-hmm. and to play that certain caricature. Be a hot nerd. Yeah, like recently, on, I don't know if anyone here watches Survivor, but... Um, they recently had a season where it was Brains, Beauty, and Brawn, and, like, the Brain team was basically all supposed to be, like, the nerds, and it's really, like, when there's nerdy reality TV, suddenly they don't need to make a caricature of the nerd, because everyone's the nerd, and so... I I think they just make caricatures of subgenres of nerds. They're like, you're the hot gamer chick, and you're the super nerdy scientist. (laughs) You're you're the guy who lives in your mom's basement. But it's not about diversity. Yeah. I'm not going to... Remember the one... What what did it end up being called? Fangasm? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, on sci-fi. It was... They... It seemed to me that they picked out one of the contestants, interns, whatever you want to call them, and specifically picked on him. Yeah. And it, it was the guy who was, like, uh, maybe a little more awkward than, and they were all like, we're surprised he has a girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, it was just, it was upsetting. In well, some that's way, why I want to be part of it. Yeah. You know, because, well, part of this just came about because the whole concept of Big Bang Theory mm-hmm. is you yeah. have a lot of geeks who are like, that's really insulting, you know? Yeah. Everybody's laughing at the stereotype. And then you have geeks like me who love and I, I think it helps us a lot because I can present this to my very normal family and they look at it and go, okay, I I can see why you are like this because it's your life. Because like my my siblings are very normal, but like my sister, my, my but my mom was a Trekkie, so like she understands me, and so um, I was able to give them something like Big Bang Theory. And for me, like yes, there are certain episodes of Big Bang that do kind of pick on nerds. But to me, the reason I've still stuck with it seven seasons later because I see the very human stories that I can personally relate to. But is that geek or is that just human stories? I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, I think that's... I always think, like to look at reality TV as kind of like a slice of life, even though it's like heightened, stilted life. But it is still kind of like a weird documentary of this section of lives. Because there's one reality TV show I absolutely loved when it was on. It was like My Real Islam Life or something. And a lot of my friends that were Muslim could relate to that, and I could see into their lives what it was like to be them on a daily basis. Right, but that's documentary TV, and we don't have nerdy documentaries. We're not following around someone who's making comic books for a living. I don't know. Someone what about here's a cosplay? Here's a cosplay. Here's a cosplay. Oh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, here's a cosplay. I think they are like yeah. one of the worst examples <laughs> and just make, they, yeah. I think they say so many bad things. They try to retcon it on Twitter. They try to retcon it on Twitter. Like, oh, I didn't say it like that. Is that a Yeah, or they edited everything out. Comic Book Heroes is good. Yes, that's yeah. Yeah. Uh, Heroes of Cosplay really, really upset me. It's first season or it's first half season or whatever you want to call it because there was a lot of body shaming. There was a lot of you're not as good as I am. Mm-hmm. And I think they still do that. They still do it, but it wasn't as bad. Yes. Yeah. It was better the second half, but I still... Like, the ma- at least in my experience, the majority of cosplayers in some of my favorite costumes that I've seen are not the people entering the masquerades. They're the people who are clever or put something together. And, you know, just because you spent a million hours on something right. doesn't mean you're going to enter it in a masquerade. It yeah. also doesn't mean it's good. And I find it annoying that they're building their costumes in a week. Yeah. Not impressive, because it's like they're making it they're, they're trying to make it look simpler than it is, yeah, and it's like yeah. diminishing the product that comes out of it. My, yeah. my, prob- my problem with Heroes of Cosplay was like two MomoCons ago, um, or maybe it wasn't, it was like, it was last DragonCon or last MomoCon or, or AWA, they blocked off the tip floor of the Marriott, and the producers put trash cans up there so the elevators wouldn't run, and they cleared out the entire area, and a friend of mine, who's a guy cosplayer, went up to them, and he was like, well, why don't you feature more men on your show? And he looked at my friend and said, well, guys aren't hot, and they can only do armor and superheroes. 
and I had a massive, yeah, so like, that's the producers of Heroes yeah. of Cosplay, and it's well, a fire hazard to block off the elevators. They did bring in more, you notice they brought in more guys. I yeah. stopped watching season two, but <laughs> I hate watching I do kind of feel like I'm watching a train wreck, but yes. I, the idea of focusing constantly on these same people, I think, is one of the flaws. I kind of, when I look at it, I look at the first season of Face Off. I love Face Off. I love Face Off. I love Face Off, but they learned from the first season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The first season had a lot of drama, you know, mm-hmm. oh, I don't like you, or we're dating, or we're flirting with each other, and they went away from that. I think that's what makes Face Off so good, because they took out, like, the, you know, comparing yes. it to other shows where, like, they're constantly in the houses, and they're, like, very grapey, and blah, 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 and I don't like so-and-so, and I don't want to work with them. And, like, I, what I like since then, it's all focused on the craft and the creativity, and I and I would, And that's know, why I and, wish that, and I heard some oh, yeah. should go to that. Oh, and you know they're getting help to afford some of that. Stuff. And the time, Donna Noble, twenty-seven dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm sure they're getting their airfare, their hotel. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> and that's, you can Yeah. Absolutely. And the people who do it for like just the love of cosplay over the you know stardom of being one of the famous cosplayers. Because even yeah. like within the cosplayers, there's like factions. Like, cause like you have your like closet cosplayer. Like I'm a closet cosplayer. I don't I don't care about like going into competitions. I just like want to hang out with my friends. Uh, I'm not in cosplay right now, but by the way, <laughs> by the way. Um, and then then you have like the hardcore people. I mean, and even then, it's it's really weird because I know when I was uh, really active in the Hatalia fandom, like there was a lot of cosplay bullies and they were and they and I just I don't understand that I mean I think bullies are dumb I, I, <laughs> I think they just need to move away from the drama and yeah. bring in new faces and you know but at times with the I'm sorry you're I know you're pulling the thing you're fine <laughs> with, the, with the shows where you make things where you're creating something and you have a team there is going to be drama I love it it, it happens no, because no, that's a jam right if, yeah. and if we keep on the, the nerdy kind Jim Henson's Future Shop Challenge the oh, they, oh, they, they oh, first of all holy crap like there was somebody right at the beginning who just nobody was getting along with. And, like, there was a lot of drama that came from that, and a lot of those, like, confessional videos that came from that. Mm-hmm. But that's going to happen, but they kept it about the work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they, it wasn't like, she said this, or she stole my granola bars, or, like, <laughs> that was an America's Next Top Model reference. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I still watch it. I think, yeah, it is. Cycle, was, there cycle 21, yo! <laughs> I think there is a certain point where you should draw the line between drama over the craft. Like, uh, like a lot of the face-off drama is, you know, oh no, this, you know, this concept is yeah, this concept got messed up, or like this got My lost. Did you guys see this? <laughs> or even with, yeah. the, with the the poor, like the wonder. It should have been awesome with the Wonderland and uh, Wizard of Oz mashup, and like the poor girl got stuck with the guy who wanted to do the Cowardly Lion, not as the Cheshire Cat. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> as I speak, like. Spoilers. Personally, going to bring me is one of the reasons that I also was thinking of it is I was surprised by seeing the quest and how they were taking it a different way, mm-hmm. how they brought in the scripted aspect, and the drama is very minimized, it seems to me, in it. I'm not, I'm not saying there isn't any, absolutely. Yeah. Because it's still a competition show, right. but I think they do minimize it. Okay. I just wanted to say, it seems to me that there's at least a clear divide between craft focus shows, like mm-hmm. Face Off, or, or anything like that, and even if the competition, other shows like The Quest or The Nerds, uh, where there's not necessarily a specific craft on which to focus. Yeah. Well, okay. Then let me yeah, ask you guys. Because since you were on a nerd competition show, did you ever feel like they were trying to poke fun at your nerddiss? No, 
I would say not. Like, I didn't have any issues with that. And Curtis Armstrong, who's the executive producer of our show, is dead set against that. Mm-hmm. And that's how we get George Takei to be on the show every year, because he said, I will only support you in your show if you do not make fun of nerds, because nerds are my life. Mm-hmm. And so we really, we really try and make sure that we're not doing that. I don't think at anyone same else time, At the same time, the producers were, were trying to make us make sure that we opened up and included as much nerdery as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, how much coaching? Yeah, your fandoms that you like, or references. But the question is, why? I think it's the comedic value of it. Okay, so the, they were in some ways. I mean, not necessarily. You have to think about how, like, what the purpose of King of the Nerds is. It's a comedy book. It's supposed to celebrate nerds. It's supposed to be a comedy and entertain people because CBS very funny, you know? And so what they want to achieve with that is to connect as many fandoms as they can and make people laugh because we get, you know, we get it whenever you say, I'm a leaf on the wind, you know? Like, yeah. we yeah. yeah. can connect, you can connect to that word. Like, oh my gosh, I can't believe yeah, this season I think we definitely had a better variety of people. I love first season, I love the people of first season, but this season they really went out to find a variety of people. Like my fans themselves the same as everyone else's fans here. They really covered a lot of work. I think part of getting us to make more references and stuff is because you, you do tend to like hide it away a little bit when you're around more people are on the same And when we're when they're putting this show together in particular, they're trying to reach out to all those people who are of all of our fans and get them to relate to us too. So we have to just be as open about that stuff as possible. Do they ever give suggestions on what to say at different points, or do they just? Not particular. Like they might, they they really wanted me to say, "Yes, we have a problem." Because I'm a rock scientist. So there is that occasional. But I never had an issue with the story producers telling me what to say and how to act and try to stir the pot and make me go, well, "That one character, I can't." You know, they really didn't do any of that with me. So I have to say that you have to realize that there's multiple companies producing the material. Oh, absolutely. Right. Yeah. Well, that's why I said so, we know there's good in that. Five by Five Media is the actual production house that makes the, the show King of Nerds. But also TBS, they're the ones that do the advertisements. And you'll notice the ads are m- much more making fun of nerds. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. That's the big difference is because the guys at Five by Five Media, they're actually nerds. Oh, so The story producers, all those guys are nerds. They're the guys at TBS aren't nerds. Have a tendency to do more of a hey, let's make fun of these people. Like the, the, when they did uh, Jack on Conan O'Brien and they gave them uh, Jimmy, Jimmy Fallon, <laughs> that was purely to make fun of people. That's the marketing team. That's not the actual producers that make the show. So you have to realize that not everything you see. Oh, yeah. I always wish they would like let the creators do the promos. The promos did have a definite, definitely had a different vibe than the show itself. I, yeah. I will say, like, the promos are a big reason why I have yet to watch King of the Nerds because I, I felt like it was making fun. And, and I, I, think, wasn't, yeah. I think that also, I mean, and I don't know if that was their intention, probably not TBS's intention their intention is to sell advertising. Um, but, like, if you, <coughs> you consider advertising as a way to get eyeballs on the show, they're playing it to people who aren't going to just watch it because Nerd is in the title. Yeah. Like, we're going to watch it because Nerd is in the title, it's hosted by people who are on Revenge of the Nerds, which is hilarious, and, mm-hmm. you know, so that stuff. But you make the advertising to people who are watching the normal programming, mm-hmm. like and the people who would make fun of nerds normally. So if they see, oh, well, this will be hilarious, and then they tune in, maybe maybe that's a way that we can, you know, try to change people's minds. You know, change the minds of people who are just making fun and thinking, oh, well, this actually looks like it could be fun. I actually think... Oh, good. I actually think one of the most admirable qualities about King of the Nerds is that it's targeted at nerds. Like, mm-hmm. there are a lot of shows that include nerds that are kind of supposed to be point and look at them. I mean, even here's a crossplay you know, like the way that they explain what NPC is in one episode, it's like this, this clearly isn't targeted at someone who knows what an NPC is <laughs> because they're explaining it. And, you know, they're and the way they talk about the craft and stuff, it's very like, look at this thing, aren't you mesmerized? Whereas, you know, I think like face off and King of the Nerds and stuff seems to be much more like celebratory <laughs> and targeted at people who want to take part in, I, I mean, I think that's part of what makes a good reality TV I like the, the term celebratory. A celebratory. Celebrity. I think that's very 
that's very telling. With a lot of these, don't give you that vibe. So oh, I, I, no, you go. Oh, I, 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 I'm losing <laughs> a completely different topic. So okay. you go. I, say, I, I have considered auditioning for King of the Nerds. <laughs> <laughs> I actually thought that too. I have a friend whose friend is the casting director. Oh, <gasps> <laughs> I thought about it too, man. Um, but no, one of the reasons I continue to watch Heroes of Cosplay is so I can be prepared to defend myself. Mm-hmm. Because friends and family who are not nerds and have heard me say that word, if they watch that show, they're going to think something completely different yeah. than what I actually do. And that just and thinking about cosplay, I'm sorry, I, I can't shut up today, apparently. Um, it reminded me again of Sangasm when they went to Stanley's Kamikaze and they spoke to one of the more famous cosplayers whose name is leaving my head right now about cosplay is not consent and they actually aired her saying on the show well you know if you dress like that you have to expect that kind of behavior (gasps) my jaw hit the floor like this I, i was adrian curry i think it was and i was like is, did that actually just oh, happen? No. And like, I hit the Twitter. I tried to see what people were saying, and she was defending that. She was like, "No, women—they might be nerds, but they dress sexy for attention." And I'm like, "Oh!" <laughs> <laughs> so that's all I'm gonna say now. <laughs> There's a hand. We have a hand. In the beginning, we were talking about. I don't think there is. A yeah, but we were saying that there were there were so many variations. Yeah, that's kind of where we were. Yeah, and, I was, I was and then like earlier that we don't have nerdy documentary. Like we don't, like for the most like part, real documentary. Yeah, yeah. it would be like you know literally documentaries like Four Days of Dragon Con or something. Yeah, yeah. Is actually a really interesting one. It's brand new. Yeah, I saw I saw that. Yeah, they're they're starting to advertise it. They all have ridiculous fandom interests. They go through that, but you have to focus on one thing to have a reality uh, reality documentary. So mm-hmm. in that case, tattoos and uh, comic book heroes, comic book shop, like so. It's, it, you have to have like a weird slice. Yeah, that's smart. Or even yeah. yeah, or even doing something where you know each season you follow a different thing, or you know just something more documentary. I think would be. I mean, it could be more sympathetic. There are some documentaries that are very sympathetic. And there are some that are very much making fun of a lifestyle, like anything on the History Channel. <laughs> um, you know, Duck Dynasty is certainly not necessarily celebrating those characters. They're making a character. Yeah, look at Shaw's history. So what is that? Yeah, which is what's like weird. I don't know. It's it's very it's the the whole idea of reality television is the the fact that it's very cheap to produce and people yeah. will watch it. Yeah. yeah. No yeah. matter how horrible it is, <laughs> we have it in our hands. This gentleman all the way in the back has had his hand up for a while. You. Yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> With the camera. About what she says, I don't know, like, fans documentaries. Have you ever heard of Ringers and Trekkies? Yeah. 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 Heard, did anybody hear the question? Have you ever heard of about Ringers and Trekkies? There's also a really good Bronies documentary, and I just but, show that I'm a My Little Pony fan. It's but okay. documentaries are still, is, is a documentary reality TV? No. I, I'm i not sure I would break it down that way. Um, Trekkies is, like, borderline for me. You know, part of it, I'm like, okay, yeah, but then they focus on the woman who insisted on, you know, being the, the foreman of a jury in her Star Trek uniform. And the person who redid his house to look like the Starship Enterprise. And, like, my mind is going, yeah, that's kind of awesome. <laughs> but it's also the extremes. Yeah, uh, they feel like all of those focus on the extremes. extremes. I don't know. I, can really, one. I always sort of like the idea that documentary reality TV shows are very similar to documentaries. Like, I... I I kind of see it because there's a really great documentary, a documentary, I can't talk today, a documentary about the uh, Wizard Rocks movement a few years ago with the Harry Potter fandom. Yeah. And a lot of my friends were in that, and I remember watching that and, and going to those concerts, and I was, like, you know, in some of those concerts in that. And so, in a way, it was, you know, maybe it was because it was my reality that I connected to that documentary. I cannot talk today, guys. Um, but to me, I... I, I kind of see documentaries uh, as reality in a little bit because it is the same concept as watching something like, like, slice of life. Reality and reality TV 
I think are two different things. different things. Well, I mean, reality TV is entertainment value. Documentaries are telling a story. Like, people who make these things are making them for very different motivations. They're trying but to make money. But whereas documentaries don't necessarily want to make money. Make money. But what's the, what, is the, like, what is the point, then, of reality TV? Aren't they telling the story of these contestants in this world? I mean, yeah, but in they a create different this world way. For their their goal is to produce content There's very cheaply that people They're trying to make money. And so they can sell but advertising. they're so not a story. <laughs> <laughs> but did you guys not make memories and have a story to tell now? Like, is the, how is that any different? Yes, but it's do you different. Think <laughs> they all had stories to tell even before the producer said, I could make money on this. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they still make money from documentaries? Uh, documentaries do. Documentaries don't make very much money at all. No, hardly. I'm just, the only way to make okay. money is documentaries. I'm back to Jack because I'm wrong. So. It's um, educational value yeah, versus entertainment. I learned from other, I learned from them too, like well, uh, watching uh, reality TV. But the goal was not to teach you okay. about you, okay, culture, well, right? Do you, do you feel like you were there for entertainment or for education? Well, actually, the reason that I agreed to do it was I hadn't seen the first season, and I was—I've been doing a lot of outreach work with Society of Women Engineers and Society of Mechanical Engineers to teach STEM to underprivileged children and um, encourage young girls to get involved in sciences. And so, when I did my research on the show before I agreed to audition for it. I, I made sure this was a good platform to um, get that message out there and like become a role model for young girls and encourage them to be like, you know, you, as a girl, you can yeah. do science. Mm-hmm. It's something that's accessible to you. And I've had so many young girls like come up to me and say that I inspired them, and I've been able to, since I did the show, reach out to so many young girls and have um, I've done workshops with the high school and middle school age girls and get them interested in electronics and stuff. And I think that that really it has an audience that has a lot of the younger generation gets them interested in like it. because it's on TV it's cool now mm-hmm. you see all these science kids these kids are super into Star Wars and Star Trek and like that's not weird it's cool because it's on TV I can be cool and do that and I don't yeah. hide it but I mean that's I mean and that's totally admirable for you like that's awesome I think that's a great but that's that's more I think anyway that's more you using the platform to do something good I think we all do that though. I think yeah. like, I would have never gone on Survivor there's no yeah. chance this show was different and like when we I think when I did research on the show but before I accepted like because you go through this and I'm like there's no way they're actually going to pick me mm-hmm. uh, but when I actually <laughs> make the decision to continue on with the auditions um one of the points was, would I be able to, for, like, for me, I was a black on the show, and I knew I was a black guy on the show. Like, thought <laughs> that I was going to film, like, could I make something of it? And so, like, there's no reason that contestants can't use the platform. Yeah, but it's coming down to your choices, though, rather than the show's it's choices. that kind of contestant, and there's a reason they picked all of us who had those sort of missions. You're all different people. So. Yeah, the thing is, like, I had to take time off from grad school, and I had some issues with that. Mm-hmm. So um, when I went to show, I thought it was kind of cool. I'm, I'm actually a teacher in real life. And, um, Yay! Yeah, and I have a master's in English as a second language. So that's what I teach, and I, I love it. And for me, um, as soon as I did the show, the funny thing is, I didn't think anything of it when I did the show. And all of a sudden, I go to my inbox, and I get, like, 50 emails. And a lot of them were from girls saying, thank you for showing me that you can be a geek girl and still like enjoy girly things. You don't have to walk around all sweaty and sweats all the time or you can you can be you can be take pride in, you know, how you look but yet still enjoy these things. It's okay. There's no conflict. And that's my problem with the Big Bang Theory. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I have so many problems we're not gonna go on. Oh, okay, I, I, I am in a six hour podcast with the ladies from Big Bang Buzz about that very issue. I, I can't get it through my dad's head why I hate the Big Bang Theory, but 
Um, I think one of the shows we haven't talked about, and I think a lot of people forgot about it because I can't even remember the name of the show, is um, the crap, the one where they went in and like had interventions with people who had collecting problems. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, collector or something like that. It was yeah, yeah, yeah reporters. No, 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 it was no, 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 and I that was when I was I hate watching that show too. Like I was just yeah. sort of watching it like what is happening? It's like we're gonna take all your action figures. I feel like it was on after like face off it was on after yeah, like, yeah. actually watched. And it was always like you're an adult, you need to grow up now and get rid of your toys. And it was are there any children on this panel? Any children any kids? Can we swear? <laughs> okay, my reaction to that show was basically a big fuck you. <laughs> I like there were there were moments where I was kind of like, okay, at least it makes some sense. Like they had some people who, like you need to pare this down because it's getting out of hand. But I mean, it's very much a hoarders thing. And hoarders, I don't know if that's necessarily. I don't I've never watched hoarders. I love hoarders. <laughs> I watch you hoarders all day. I watch hoarders and then I clean my apartment. It, <laughs> it was thirty minutes of television every week where you just felt good about your own life because you're, they're making fun of all of these people not necessarily like pointedly making fun of them not walking up to them to their faces and saying you have a problem you're but they're showing all the worst aspects but they are yeah. showing all of the worst aspects and it's, yeah. it's there's a psychological you know issue with that um like there's a reason these people are clinging to these things and buying things and not you know actually really collecting and um, and they never talked about that. Like, it was just about, holy crap, look at how many comic books you have. Please get rid of some. Even though, like, one of the guys actually had thousands upon thousands of comic books. And, you know, his wife was like, you need to sell some of these because I want a coffee table. Um, and he ended up selling books that he loved, like, that had a really important... Like, they were really important to his actual childhood. Like, he had the, like, the complete run of Starman or something. And they were really important to him, and they got him to sell them. And I was like, I, I would never they make didn't, a comic book collector They didn't them. listen to those guys at all. No. They didn't, they didn't even for a second listen. And they never ended the show with them feeling better about themselves. No. Yeah. But at they the same like, time, all of those people school. signed the waivers yeah. that have their hair. Yeah. Yeah. They still agreed to it. Well, we've had a it. bunch of questions. It There's like one, two, three. So he was first, and then white shirt, and then the black shirt back there. Part. Yeah, one of the things that I see with a lot of the, uh, the reality television based around but whether it's a documentary or, or a competition show, is, you know, there's always so much focus on like one subject. And I like you know what Team America they did a good job of you know, showing all these different aspects. But the truth of it is, no one who's a nerd is a nerd about one thing. You may love Doctor Who, you may love Dean at the same time. We all love different aspects, and it's so hard in television for us to see some, somebody who covers multiple things because all the television is over Well, honestly, yeah. How did you guys feel about that? I was trash. Science and math and like me being an engineer is my top priority. I got tagged in this little box as the costume queen. And I, that's not, I, mean, I love costuming. I'm a costumer. I love the art. It's a hobby of mine. I love being creative. But that's not what who I am. Like, that's not what I want to be represented as. And so whenever they put me in that box, it's like, I was really, I think I, we had a conversation. I convinced them via email, like, they put me in this little box in their costumes. I want people to think that I'm Yaya Han or something. Mm-hmm. I don't think, I, I just do it for fun. I just love costuming. And I feel like, I feel like I was in the box. I don't know. I never felt like I was in this sort of category. You were labeled Japanophile. Yeah. I know I was labeled as like the rocket scientist, the trek, the NASA girl. But my name growing up as a kid was NASA by everyone. My students or my teachers at school would call me NASA because that is so much my identity. That all doesn't mean that I don't know comic books. The comic mm-hmm. books that play well in our season. So the comic books never came up. But I wasn't offended by that because that is so much who I am. 
But yeah, I can talk to the firefly on stuff. I can I know these comments inside and out and I've cosplayed that girl. Mm-hmm. But because we didn't have the rights, they can even show my costume. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's on images. I didn't have a problem with it, but they they nailed what is totally my box. So. I mean, I, I like what you said that, um, you know, everybody's different nerds about something. And when I try to explain things to my sisters uh, about, like, how, why I'm so into nerd, I, nerdy stuff, I always tell them, well, you guys are nerds about football. You're nerds about, uh, God, Teen Mom. My, my sister watches Teen Mom like crazy. I love Teen Mom. I love Teen Mom. Actually, I understand why she watches Teen Mom, though. Like, I, it doesn't appeal to me, but she was actually a teenage mother, so I can see why it completely appeals to her. <laughs> Nerdy is um, totally about passion. Yeah, and I love fun. Yes. I mean, <laughs> we were talking about uh, right before the panel started. I mean, uh, I'm a nerd, but like we were checking up on the Braves score. I mean, I could talk to you about uh, the Atlanta Braves all day because I love baseball. Like, I love it. Well, and it's funny because all right, it, I, but it's a, sorry. I'm only finish my point. It's, it's still an equal passion, and I and I always like to argue that everyone's nerds from like like you know the president to like the common man to the oh, football players like everybody's a nerd about something go on I'm sorry no it's just funny because I hear I, I'm coming from a, as an older nerd um, when it was like okay th- these are your options you like yeah. Star Wars Star Trek you know, and there just wasn't that many things and when you costumed you know you generally everybody kind of touched on everything mm-hmm. now there are so many variations I, I think the Marvel movies helped a lot oh, yeah. yeah well media in general <laughs> yeah, made a huge know, difference yeah. you know now you have every kind of variation. So, you know, that's one of the reasons why we have this thing like Dragon Con where it's like, yeah. you can cross over or not cross over. Um, but that's sometimes where you end up thinking with boxes and stuff yeah. like that. I know sometimes I get frustrated because it's like, you know, I've been doing this for a long time. I, <laughs> I have a friend that was saying, like, in the old days of Doctor Who and it was still on PBS, like, he was in the closet about being, like, loving Doctor Who. And if you went to a convention and, it, like, it was all Star Wars and Star Trek, he couldn't talk about Doctor Who because he would get made fun of. Because Doctor Who was such a little thing back then and you would get made fun of if you loved Doctor Who, and like, back then. I was 11 years old at a Star Trek convention, and I was repeating what I heard because I was 11 years old, and I called myself a trekker, right? (laughs) This was 1994, all right? I was 11 years old. Whatever you want to call yourself, who the F cares? But this older guy, he had to be like 40 overheard me, came up to me and yelled at me oh! about the terminology to use oh until God. I was crying. <laughs> Eleven year old girl at a Star Trek convention. I think one of the things that, that defines nerds as we define ourselves as nerds, at least I hope so anyway, um, is that even though everyone most definitely geeks out about something, there's a reason why my site is called Oh Geek to Me. Um, is because nerds are unapologetically enthusiastic about everything. Like, you can make fun of us. We don't care. I I wouldn't say we don't care. Well, we don't care in the sense that, like, (laughs) we still do. We're not going to stop just because you think we're lame. Well, I think it's really, I mean, nerds as a culture, like, okay, this is, I think nerds, uh, as a as a group, like are kind of analogous to the progression of a of a disenfranchised minority that that comes to be more accepted in society. Like, for instance, Italians or Irish or even Jews, perhaps. Um, in that, you know, and that, you know, we and which is not to say that like our plight is the same thing. Not like making some big right, fancy, right, right. Blue, but like no. But I think I, I think there is a certain amount of like odd psychology in a group that becomes that way because there is a certain amount of like, oh, well, like, have you just joined us because it's cool now? And, like, there is a certain fear of that because you don't understand my play and, like, I went through this and did you and, like, you went you know, from being ostracized to being accepted to cultural appropriation. Well, yeah, yeah I think you have, like, the whole <laughs> fake geek girl concept. Yeah. You know, like, that's right. There you go. <laughs> and we had two questions we're ignoring. Yeah. Yeah. White, the white chair and the black shirt. I don't mean to take your time to present, like, Quote me a question. Now, the quote is I went to Comic Con uh, a few 
huge of a Ray Bradbury. He told a story about going to Comic Con way back in the day and seeing H.G. Wells. Oh, But the way that he put it that I loved was that he said um, that you know we're uh, we're all lovers, and I love uh, that way of putting it. But the common link isn't like being smart or being socially inept. The common link is loving something. And I love that way of putting it, like Ray Bradbury. But anyway, my question is with regard to pop culture for things like the Big Bang. Um, my favorite character on The Simpsons is Comic Book Guy. It's <laughs> <laughs> a really specific mockery of me. <laughs> but for some reason, I love it. He slays me. And I was curious, if, A, do you feel insulted by Comic Book Guy? And B, what about it puts on one side of the line or the other for you? I'm not a big fan of The Simpsons. But yeah, I, was I was going to say, but I can, I can answer this because I had this question in my Big Bang podcast. I think there's a level that we do have to kind of laugh at ourselves. I mean, like, yeah. tomorrow I'm going to pay wood grain on my face and walk out in public. I mean, that's silly. That's funny. I think and somewhere there's a line between laughing with you and laughing at you. And I feel like I'm going to bring it up again. I'm sorry. Big Bang Theory. I love it's for a couple of seasons before it got what it is was laughing with us yes. and then it turned a corner and now it's laughing at us. Yeah, I feel the That's opposite. just my opinion. I feel the opposite. <laughs> I think in the beginning it was laughing at us and then once the girls came in because the girls really added so much. I don't so think much. the girls are adding anything. The girls are stereotypes. They're, they're so flat. They're, they're, no, they're not. <laughs> I, this is how I talk okay, about them. Yeah. Listen, Ari, I'm sorry. I, 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 totally, I just don't want to I have a six-hour podcast about this. You can listen to it. I have okay. my heart. We'll go back to the putting people in a box thing but I, I can, I, can I make my one big mm. comment in regards to that? Yeah. Okay. Um, is that, in my opinion, and this is what I constantly tell my dad, which is why I can't watch the game theory anymore, is that instead of making all of the characters well-rounded individuals, the guys are mostly well-rounded. They're nerdy guys who are also very smart. <coughs> Most of them are very nice. I mean, even the one who's, who started off as a total misogynist is married. Um, but the girls are smart chicks. They're not nerds. They're like they're not nerdy girls who like will also go out and do fun nerdy things. They're smart chicks who are very intelligent, interesting people. They play video but they games don't and read understand books. comic books. No, they do. They do. There's an entire episode. There's no, one there's episode. episode where they read them for the first time. And then afterwards, air high five. And afterwards, <laughs> if I can say, no, 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 I know. I'm just using that as an example. Like they don't get comic books. They don't get sci-fi. You know, they don't. They don't, they don't do anything else. Stuff. They have Why? no but other interests. After that one episode, they try to read it more and more and there's actually uh, one uh, episode where the guys walk in and the girls are playing video games on their system without the guys prompting them like they've actually learned and oh fallen no, into it well, and to be fair I mean going with if, anyway, if, if we follow the whole idea that like nerds are analogous I say in very loose quotes to minority groups that like become That's more so mainstream funny. there is I mean there are shows that do that 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 it's kind of been considered a sign of like a group's arrival. I mean, the nanny has kind of been like this this sign of like Jewish acceptance because she like is right and like her Jewishness is the butt of the joke, but like it also is like a good sign of that. And I I think Sheldon is a little bit like that in that you know yeah you're pointing and laughing at the nerd, but it's also kind of a sign of like that is an acceptable way so, to be. So here's the question: Is does the reality TV help? push that forward? Is it, is it helping us get more accepted, or is it still uh, you know, us getting made fun of? That, that's really hard. I, I think we're in a really good time to be nerds right now. It's Right now, it's really cool to be... be like 20 years. Yeah, no, no, no. It's really cool to be a nerd right now, especially like with the things of like all the, like, the Marvel movies. Like, my, my stepbrother, who is the biggest... God, I love him, but he's the biggest redneck I know. And like, he comes in, he was like, oh my god, did you like see Thor 2 and like the deep emotions that Loki betrayed? And I was like, oh my god, you're speaking my language for one. <laughs> <laughs> so, actually, before I take you guys, this guy in the black shirt, over there had, has had a question for 20 minutes. That is true. Do you feel like you know, there's so many years of you know, being pushed out, you know, like not included in things, you know, like we're kids, you know, like not big to kickball teams, whatever. You know, now it's like this, you know, like, oh, now we've got the upper hand. I have a lot of power yeah, being it's, a geeky it's, girl. It's that's the problem that we're having a lot is that, you know, and it's, and it, it's something that you, you might have experienced as a kid. It's like you are put down so much 
that suddenly society, it's, it's a hipster thing too, it's like society starts liking what you like and you're like, whoa, this wasn't cool, you didn't have to go through the crap that I had to go through to get to this point, you're not allowed to like this and you have to sort of step back. Uh, that's that's where the bullying comes from in the yeah. community and I see it the most that I have seen it is in the Doctor Who community. Because when New Who started out, the classic Who fans were like, y'all don't belong here. Yeah. And oh, then yeah. it happened again. There was a subset of that, especially when it became super popular in the U.S. with Matt Smith. Yeah. And even the newer Who fans, like the, the Eccleston and Tennant fans, were like, hate on the, the, I think the Matt Smith new girls. version of the fandom like, goes through that. Yeah. yeah. And it just, it's, it comes, I think, it comes from having been put down and left out and kept out when you were young that you feel like somebody else either has to go through that or you feel that you're finally in the position of power that you can impose that on somebody else. I think it's a power trip. Yeah. And it's, and it's a difficult one to, you know, rise above. There's a DCTV bumper that, you know, is, is basically this conversation. It's telling all the, the young nerds to get off my lawn, and then it, it ends, so that nerdery can die with us. And it's like, <laughs> getting the point across, like, stop being a jerk yeah. to, to yeah. use okay. And also, I mean, I think sometimes it's a defense mechanism. There is a certain element of, um, I'm used to being in a very small, insular group, and suddenly this group is is an, a, a more expansive group. And Someone it, just pointed a camera at it. And yeah, and, it's, and you were a big fish in a small pond, and now you're a fish in a huge pond. Yeah, so. and I mean, like I think I think it. You know, I'm not saying like, yay, it's a great thing, but I, I think that that it is coming from, you know, more more fear and 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 discomfort than from like a genuine thinking that like, oh no, like. You're fake, you know. Like I, I don't know. I, I too, because yeah. you feel like you, oh, you're a part of this. Cause that's part of taking it to the extreme of our passion. It's like we're a part of this, and now you're not gonna get walking on my parade because you like this mm -hmm. new fandangle thingy over here. And, and, and it's a love too. I, I mean, like there's there's definitely a love to it, and like so. I know I, I I love my fandoms, and I I will be the first to tell you I can get pretty defensive about my fandoms if someone's picking on me because we love it so much. It's almost like they're attacking ourselves. Like, you know, I, I've had to take a long step back. Like, when people attack once upon a time, like, I've had to step back and it's not, I don't own the show. So they're not attacking me. <laughs> what do you mean I don't own the show? <laughs> I need my shipping things, though. I think we, we as fans in general are not always good at. We don't always respect each other's fans. No, yeah. Or we don't always respect, you know, the old versus the new and things like that. We, sh we could be better about that. Absolutely. I think we're starting to, instead of the, like, when you're a nerd, like, when going back to the school thing, when you're a nerd in school, you're a little insular about showing your nerdiness to everybody because you're worried about being picked on I by the normal people. And now I think there's <laughs> a lot of that. Very like, me personally, I know I've experienced that with just nerds in general. I started a, a, um, a column on my website like called Late to the Party because I'm finally admitting to the entire nerd world, I've never watched like The Terminator before or like 2001 A Space Odyssey. I never like, watched Firefly. Like, geek <laughs> and I know, right? That we were. You you didn't suffer for it. I mean, I must have been a weird nerd, man. I was a weird nerd in high school. I went and wore my Pikachu hat. My if if people didn't like me, they weren't worth my time. So. Yeah, it's totally a natural reaction that we have to get past. We have a lot of fan questions. It was you, the new, the new, the new. No, I, I actually think you were first. We uh, pi our pirate. Yeah. Pirate. Well, she hasn't talked yet. That's why. Okay, okay I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. <laughs> I have more of a comment than anything. Um, as somebody new to Geekdom, hope you've known me a long time. I have. Um, I've not always been very open about my weakness and my but this is the first year I've gone to Dragon Con after watching Heroes of Cosplay and really getting into, I hate to say this, getting into Star Wars this past year and 
willingly sitting down in the water. Why do you hate to say that? Star Wars is amazing. <laughs> so see, that, that's just it. Is he even teasing? That's not necessarily that, that's, that's just it, though. The high school I went to, the middle school I went to, all that stuff is frowned upon. All that stuff you want me to call out. the same high school. Even in college, I was made fun of for what I enjoyed doing. This is the first year I dressed up and went all out. Oh, yay. <laughs> I, I work at an entertainment media school, mm-hmm. and I cannot tell you the number of students that I get that are like, you know, I show them my Google Drive with my Dragon Phone folder, and they're like, oh, wow, there are people like this out there. And I'm like, really? You, you didn't know this already? Which it surprises me since I've been part of it so long. But I hear that all the time. So. I'm working on it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like, going to I, I, it's <laughs> learning that, and before like online fan communities were a big thing. When like, after my first convention at 11 years old, that changed my life. Yeah, meeting other people other yeah. than the guy who yelled at me, <laughs> <laughs> who liked the same thing I did, and again because the the internet wasn't what it is now, and everything was local. I saw the same people at multiple conventions. Mm-hmm. I also had the benefit of living in New York City, um, so there were a lot of conventions. <laughs> but it it gave me confidence going back into my everyday life that the people I'm around every day might not get what I like. Yeah. But other people do, and they're out there. I had a, I had a similar experience that, like, once once I got online and started getting into, like, fan communities, like, the, what changed my life was when I was 16, and I got into Farscape. And I ended up on the big Farscape message board um, and, uh, you know, ended up finding all these people who not only enjoyed what I liked, but were, you know... They were saying, like, oh, your creative stuff is actually really good. Like, your fan fiction doesn't suck. I want to read the next chapter. And I'm like, yeah. awesome, my parents aren't saying that. It's <laughs> <laughs> the reality TV side of it. Oh, I, yeah. yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we have nine minutes and, like, seven questions. Oh, so, Pirate. Um, you know, you mentioned the nanny. <laughs> I grew up being the only Jewish person in a county about 20 miles north of here, mm-hmm. and it was a freaking nightmare until the nanny came. And when the nanny came along, I went—I I mean, I was still picked on for being the only Jewish guy but it was—it gave me a reckless point. Mm-hmm. And when I got a little bit older, and I joined Jericho, and I got involved in all of these people. It was really hard for a long time, but now we have all of these things, and the entire wall behind it. Yeah. Okay? It's just filled with all these really, really popular shows, and so now I feel like I can use those as a like a bit of a man to it and say, you know, you may pick on me for being Jewish, but, or for being a nerd, but you seem to be a grown. Yeah, but you watch that. So it, that it, it sounds like we're saying. Yeah. So it sounds like we're saying, although we're not always thrilled with some of the reality TV stuff, it is giving us. It gives everybody a familiarity with with that. Yeah. I work at Waffle House. I'm the only person at the Waffle House that got Labor Day weekend off. So I work at Waffle House and they call me Sheldon, right? And I think the big thing here. It's not my show. I don't like it. But it is that thing that they're like, oh, that's our nerdy girl. She's like this. We have this thing. We, we know that she's a chemist. She likes this stuff. Okay. And so even though I, as a nerd, don't like that show, it has helped me in like waiting talking to people and just being like, oh, yeah, it's like this, but not. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we're making progress. Yeah. yeah. And we're, were, were we here next? Uh, next was, it was going this way, and then you had your hand up, so it was these gentlemen. Big <laughs> one. Yeah. You. It was Armor Guy. Right. <laughs> How do you feel about um, sort of cross-medium tape? Because um, as a fan of both Game of Thrones and The Song of Ice and Fire, I um, uh. I am well aware of, not not at me, but a lot of book fans have extreme resentments over the fact that fans of the show it's are... It's the same as, as I think what we were talking about before with like new versions of, of the fandom and like 
you were going to get that with Outlander too. It's going to be the people who read the books and know things and you know think they're they know everything. And, and I was yeah, I was here first to get off my lawn. <laughs> Here's how I feel about that. It's really simple. If you like the book, awesome. If you like the movie, awesome. If you like books, the both of them, awesome. I mean, like people are going to yeah, like conversation. Awesome. I know that people's yeah. going to like what they like and dislike what they don't like. You Promote know, like what you love I, instead of bashing what you hate. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. We we all need to be better. Than yeah. yeah. Every single one. Yeah. yeah. It's simple. That's like basically my question. Marvel and DC, why can't those fans get along? <laughs> I, 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 I grew up exactly reading DC and I love Marvel. Yeah, I mean, and I read Marvel yeah, prominently yeah. now because I'm not a fan of the new 52. But I still love DC. Well, and, and the thing I always bring up is like, well, sorry, Marvel wouldn't exist if DC hadn't started. Yeah. So it's like, fun. My one thing I will say in criticism of King of the Nerds is I was really upset by the Star Wars versus Star Trek debate because on principle they're both really great. Really great. Really great. I, I know like you're giving me that face. Absolutely. Yeah. Another happens in the past. Yeah, like, One is hard sci-fi and the other is epic okay, fantasy. Uh, so, so the question is <laughs> why did they do it? Why did they do it? <laughs> That's honestly nope. what I think. Well, what about Stargate? Let's see Stargate. Because that's the, but, like, it really bugged me that they had, that there was, like, a debate about, like, a giant, like, giant spaceship versus tiny spaceship that are, like, for completely different purposes. It was just like, I know. That, I think that comes back to a little bit of just not totally getting it when it comes mm-hmm. to some of, like, I, I know you said the, the story creatures were very good. Very nerdy. It's not. They were, they're not nerds. Okay. Writing content for something you don't understand entirely. You yeah. know that there is, like, this joking rivalry yeah, between right. Star Trek and, and Star Wars, and so you do that. Much as we like to think... It's also, you know, much as we like to think, oh, if I'll watch this. It'll stay on. No, unfortunately, we're still not that big of a percentage of yeah. the world. I mean, unless you have a really big box, it doesn't matter. It's my favorite argument on Twitter. They're like, oh, like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I love this ship, but I'm gonna hate on them for a second. Like, the Swan Queeners and Once Upon a Time are, like, really active. And they're like, oh, if, if you don't have Swan Queen, then we'll stop watching the show. I'm okay. sorry. You're, like, 0.1% of the fans. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Okay. I was switching gears when I'm going yes. through the Yes, yes, yeah. Um, um, have you ever heard of the show Geek Love? Yeah. 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 Dating at Comic Con? Yeah. Why do you discuss? What do you feel? I'm, I'm, I'm not familiar with it. I think it's. I saw Beauty and the Geek. Does that count? <laughs> oh my god. Oh, that annoying thing. Oh, yeah. I watched that show for this channel, and I, I'm just so sad that I did that. <laughs> Beauty and the Geek. That's another one that if you're, I love if you're a geek, geek, you clearly care about your appearance. <laughs> I, I, I hated the geek side of Beauty and the Geek because like those poor guys just got trashed. I loved the the beauty side of it because those girls actually learned skills. Like there was one girl, she was like, I, I never. She actually like all the girls at the party, and she's like, No, the challenge is to learn how to change a tire. I don't know how to do this. I'm going to learn how to do the skill. And like I really loved her for that. So I hated the geek side. Loved the fact that those girls actually learned how to be I just hate the awesome. idea of, you know, still separating beauty and geek. Yeah. yeah. And then we had that yeah. one challenge but where they, like, critified the guys. Like, so those guys were already handsome, and they, like, made yeah. that. That was the problem with that show in general, because they were stereotyping not just the geeks, but the, the, the girls who cared about yeah. their appearance. They were, like, that show was full of be horrible things. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it was long <laughs> I mean, there was one. I remember there was one point in the auditions. Uh, this guy is trying to demonstrate how smart he is, and he, I think he says like all the presidents in a row really fast, or like the periodic table or something. And one of the producers turns to, her, to the guy and says, "Have you ever tried doing that in bed?" <laughs> and, like, on the one hand, that. that's really funny. On the other hand, that's another like point and laugh yeah, at the awful. peak, like because yeah, like it's like oh yeah, like. God forbid you be smart, like, that will make you not get laid, like, you know, 
I would love it if a guy did that in bed. <laughs> I have to apologize that we didn't answer your original I apologize that we didn't answer your original question because like none of us have seen it. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Have you guys seen that terrible commercial where like it's it's on a first date or a speed date or blind date or something, and the guy sits down and he's like, I have a passion for puppetry, and the girl like gets up and leaves. I'm like, if a guy sat down on a date with me and said I have a passion for puppetry, I said let okay, awesome. like she's like scared by like the really goth girl guy that sits down at the end, and I'm like, I worked at a Hot Topic for like three years, like that was like my coworker. But again, not everybody is like us. Yeah, I mean, so yes, sir. What do you think, like the future of reality? Yeah, I was gonna say something. What or what? Not only the future, but what things could we see would improve? Current reality TV to I, be better. I like what Pirates said. I mean, because everybody has different. I don't know your name. I'm sorry. <laughs> I like what Pirates said because he said that you know people have like multiple passions, and I would love to see a reality geek show where it's like not only it's my life at Dragon Con, it's also my life like loving sports and like as a, like I was a nanny for a long time and I and like everything. I yeah because like we're not an idea yeah so well rounded yeah I'd like know. to see a show that does more documentary like like does. Dragon Con that does, or any convention that, that shows, build it, like, do fangasm, but get rid of those people. <laughs> <laughs> Show them what goes into making Stanley's kamikaze for, you know, because they spend so long. Or, like, Heroes of Cosplay. Show us the whole actual process. Right, so I, 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 I mean, I want to, like, you know, our lovely volunteers and handlers, like, what are their lives like? Yeah. Not even lives, just just show me the convention. No offense, I'm sure you have a fascinating lives. <laughs> we're, we're being told to wrap it up, and I want to hear from our king. Um, about the expanding the nerd on the show other things. You know, they touched on the fact that I'm a very, very avid car fanatic. My got a 1930 Model A and they talked about my grandfather and I building these cars together. I was just reamed on Twitter about, oh, I'm no longer a nerd. I'm not a either because I ridiculous non-traditional nerd thing. And King of the Nerds does want to show that all of us also do have that one thing that's out here that's different and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And that's what I, I would say I want from a reality TV show. I want something that I can point non-nerds to as a, something for understanding. Yeah. And that is king of the nerds for me. I'm or happy to point people We like there. baseball. We like yeah. cars. We like, like all these other things. I'm happy to send people to face off. I'm happy to send people to the creature shop challenge. Yeah, I'm not happy to send people to Heroes of Cosplay, no. Fangasm, but like if, if I feel that the culture and I am represented correctly or at least respectfully in a show. Yeah. That's all I really want. Yeah. Yeah. Alright. So are we good? Any any? Most of us have cards up here and make sure if you I hope you guys enjoyed that. I as you could tell I had a really great time being there and I just it was a lot of fun. Where can you find me? You can find me on our other two true. Tr- <laughs> I blew that one. You can find me on our other two true freaks show uh, called Who True Freaks. It's our Doctor Who's show. If you go to just uh, if you just go to twotruefreaks.com and look for Who True Freaks, you'll find me on that, and I'll be talking up a new Who. I also just launched my website. It is geekygirlexperience.com. I haven't been able to touch it much since DragonCon because I got a little busy with work and stuff. And I bring home a lot of my work, so it's it's there, and it's it's in the process. So you can look me up on geekygirlexperience.com. The other thing is that I'm very excited for is my friends Brie and Alex, who are the ladies from Other Side of the Mirror podcast. They are about to launch, launch their network, and when they launch it, it's called What the Fangirl. It's going to be a weekly podcast. It's going to be different shows from girls' point of view. I would say it's similar to the Mary Sue, but we don't always talk about current things. Like, they're going to have a thread about shows that are older or things that they're just jumping on. Uh, I know Alex, uh, not Alex, uh, Bree is looking at Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And she's never watched it before. And so she's going to be, like, uh, watching it and, take, and jumping on that bandwagon and taking a look at it. So, yes, I'm very excited for What the Fangirl. They asked me to be a contributing writer, so I'm so excited about that. Uh, yeah, and you can find me on Twitter at Hope Molinax. Uh, Tumblr at Geeky Girl Experience. Uh, you can also find me on my Once Upon a Time blog, Once Upon an Obsession, and now I'm rambling. Alright guys, I'm just going to go ahead and let you go. 
Thank you so much for listening. As always, I'm Hope Molinax. I adore you guys. Have a wonderful time of the day, whatever time of day you listen to this. And I will see you all later, my lovelies. Bye!